This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back 30. Oh, How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. And tonight, Matt Galatson is not with me, but it's my little brother, Colton Trigg. Colton, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are all the MFLs doing in this world? (laughs) (laughs) So, a little backstory about Colton. He went to Mississippi State University. Uh, He graduated in chemical engineering. And he recently moved out to Iowa for his job. And, you know, every year... My family, we we get together in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's has been a tradition forever. So it's always nice to be around around family this time of year, and it's 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 good. I'm, I'm glad that you're back for a little bit. <laughs> but but anyway, so we're gonna do a brief recap here uh, tonight. The the Mavs went into Houston and they beat the Rockets 137 to 123. Uh, yeah, the the Rockets made it close. They got within five in the fourth quarter, but Luca was just too much. He scored 13 of his 41 in the fourth quarter. Clutch as always. I mean, uh, they really they they really blew the Rockets out more than what the final score would indicate because the Rockets hit a couple shots at the end there. But overall, it was you know it was a really great win. Mavs moved to 11 and five. They're currently tied for the third seed in the West, and they've won five straight games. So, I mean, what what's your initial thoughts from this big road win in Houston? Well, I mean, I like how they're winning, and I think that today might have been a misrepresentation of what we can do against the Rockets. I think it could be probably a little bit more close. Of course, I don't think Hardaway is going to score – you know, like 31 points like he did today every night. He's probably <laughs> he's probably not going to be in the starting lineup here in a couple of weeks. Who knows? It might be Curry. So, uh, thinking he, he could score 15 or 17, it would make this game pretty close. It would make it go down to the wire. Yeah, and Hardaway, he's, he's kind of – he's one of the more streaky players in the league because he can go – we saw it a week or so ago – 
where he went 0 of 5, and I think Rick Carlisle benched him after maybe 15 minutes or so. And then you have, you know, these last three games, he's went 13 of 20 from the three-point line, so that's 65%. Uh, He's raised his three-point percentage up to almost 37% on the season. Uh, I mean, when he's hot, (laughs) he's just really hot. It's hard to stop him, so... Uh, It's really nice to have that going on right now. Uh, But, you know, like you said, it's probably not going to last. But, I mean, Luca, he's just – it's every night now. And we're we're witnessing an all-time talent, and it really hasn't fully sunk in yet. Partly because it's so shocking that he's doing it so early. I mean, to be so young – and to go out there and do what he's doing every single night, I think probably like the past 10 games, he hasn't had any any number lower than six in the rebound and assist column and probably not lower than 24 in the scoring column. He, he, he He's already looking like he knows he's like the next LeBron coming out there. He might not can jump and dunk and do all that, but he can get by people and he can score in the lane. I don't, I don't know what he's shooting. I know it's high from the inside of the paint. And I know his three-point shooting is a little bit low right now, but it's going to get better as he goes throughout the season, and he's going to find better shots. And I hope he keeps on driving and creating. And I know him and KP are going to make the bond and hopefully wind up in the playoffs. I know they're on on the right track right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a great start to the season. And if you uh, – I mean, we have to own the Knicks' losses because that was just – I don't know, that that was just on them. They weren't playing well. But if you take into consideration that Lakers loss, which definitely should have been a win, they missed that call on uh, Seth Curry. Uh, Dwight Howard fouled him, and they didn't call it, and they ended up going to overtime and losing. So that should have never happened. They should be 12-4 and four right now. So, <clears throat> But 11-5 and five is good. Uh, they have the best uh, point differential in the entire league right now. Uh, which, you know, back-to-back 40-plus wins and then a 14-point win on the road, that helps. But, I mean, they're they're really gelling. And Christos Porzingis hasn't, you know, done what we've expected him to do yet, but he's getting there. And once he does get there, it's just going to be, you know, it's really scary for the rest of the league because they're already playing so well, well and it's only going to get better. Well, on top of that... The Mavs bench is scoring 44 points a game, and I don't think that's going to change because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one night, I mean, Brunson, Jackson, Hardaway, DeLon Wright, I mean, any of them can score 20 points if they want to. And someone's going to always come out and be that guy. So you're going to have those 44 points. I don't think that's going to change because the Mavs are so deep. So when Porzingis starts adding that extra 10 points a game, which I think he can and he will once he gets comfortable and he starts knocking down some of the shots he's been missing, they're going to be scary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're going to be that that poor third seed in the West, and I think they can make a playoff push pretty far right now. Yeah, I think if if you look at – and if you look at Luka's last, you know, string of games, 10 to 12 games or so – uh, you you said that you know the lowest point total he's had in that stretch has been 24, and that was that game at Memphis, 
and he really only played two two and a half quarters <laughs> in that game. That was another blowout. So, I mean, he's he's doing all of it. Even tonight, he had forty one points, ten assists, six rebounds in thirty four minutes, and he was fifteen of twenty nine from the field. Hit five of his fourteen three pointers, six of eight free throws. So, I mean, an outing like that, and then to outduel, you know, James Harden, who is a former MVP. Uh, you know, he ended with 32 points and 11 assists <clears throat> and nine rebounds. And he only shot 11 of 24 from the field. And he played seven more minutes than Luka. So, I mean, it's not that he's just putting up empty stats. He's doing it against elite competition. And it's just it's just amazing. It just hasn't fully sunk in yet we're, what we're watching. And the fact that, <laughs> the fact that we've gone from Dirk – to this dude just automatically and he's 20 years old and he's doing this like man we were watching the game earlier and we're just like <laughs> i mean we haven't it? we haven't seen this in so long it's hard to imagine what's happening right now we can't even <laughs> comprehend what's happening that we got so lucky you know we were talking about this time last year there were two separate six game losing streaks that the mavs had before the new year and the way this team is constructed now and how they're playing, it's just it's hard to see that ever ha- like they'd have to have catastrophic injuries for that to even be, you know, something we even imagine happening this year. They're just they're they're too good to let something like that happen, and it's great to see. I mean, uh, it uh, they're probably not going to lose consecutive games very often, and you know where they're at in the standings now and how they're playing and how the rest of the West is playing when you get down to those, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seeds. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that they could challenge for home court advantage now. I mean, I could see it. I, I, I really, I'm looking forward to seeing this Clippers game Tuesday because same. It, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great matchup because both teams are deep, in my opinion. They have two stars. Uh, a lot of defense is going to be being played on the Clippers, but we have the number one offensive rating in the league right now. So it's going to be a great matchup. Hopefully we get the win. But if we don't, hopefully it will just be a close game. Yeah, I mean, I I think it will be competitive regardless. But, I mean, they always say that no matter how good of defense you play, you know, better offense (laughs) trumps better defense. And like you said, they have the number one offense offensive rating in the league. Uh, they almost scored 140 points for the third consecutive game, uh, just firing on all cylinders right now. And as good as Luca's playing, if he doesn't have like if he doesn't get stopped on Tuesday, then I don't know who's going to stop him the rest of the season because you've got a defensive trio of Patrick Beverly. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and <laughs> if if those three can't slow him down, then I don't know who's going to stop him the rest of this season. Well, so. that that's what I'm hoping to see Tuesday because I, I don't want to see load management. I want to see the Clippers at their best, playing all their guys, and I want to see the Mavs win because if they can do that, then that they're a legit fourth, third seed in the Western Conference because the Clippers are that good, and I think they could end up being the second or even the first seed if they can top the Lakers. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's another thing. If it, you don't know if the way the Clippers have done, you know, thus far this season, you never know if if Paul George is going to be playing, if Kawhi is going to be playing at the same time. Uh, but I mean, like you said, you want them to play. You want to have that challenge because as as good as the Mavs are playing right now, you want to have those kind of tests to where it's like it confirms what our eyes are seeing right now. <laughs> it's not just like okay. Okay, they're they're beating they beat Houston who had lost two straight before that game or they're they're beating up on the Clevelands and you know teams like that. So I, I hope they're at full strength. Uh, I know the AAC will be rocking for that one. Uh, they'll be doing it in style. Uh, it'll be the first game they show off those new graffiti themed city edition jerseys. So that'll be nice. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good game and then. After that, they'll travel to Phoenix, and then they'll have a – I think they'll travel to Los Angeles as well. So a couple more tough games in this stretch, but, hey, they they passed the first test on the road in Houston with flying colors. So, And as as they progress through the season, I really hope – I hate to say this, but almost like the the Houston Rocket mindset of – we're either going to take a three or we're going to score in the paint because I feel like that's what they're best at doing, especially with Luka leading them. I want to see him starting off the games, driving, getting buckets two feet away from the rim, and then everyone else on this team can pretty much shoot threes. And I just want to see him, once he starts driving, start kicking it out, which he's been doing it already these past five games, and I think that's why they've been winning. They've just been they've been knocking down their threes, and I hope that stays the same. And I hope people, when someone's down, they start pulling them back up. So. Yeah, and I mean that that's one of the that's one of the benefits of having a guy like Luca, who not only can score forty plus points on any given night if he wants to, but he's always looking for his teammates, and he encourages them, and he makes them as confident as they can possibly be. Because I mean. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's had a great start to the season. Yeah, he's been playing great. He, he's just – he's always energetic. He does all the dirty work on the defensive end. His three-point shot's been falling lately. Uh, that's a prime example of a guy that's playing a notch above what he probably, you know, actually is because he's playing with Luka. And the whole rest of the roster is doing that. So, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I, I think we'll continue to see that going forward. Uh, like I said, they play the Clippers, then they play at Phoenix, at the Lakers, and then at the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think we could definitely beat Phoenix in New Orleans, and I'm going to really like to see L.A. and Los Angeles. Well, we, we owe the Lakers one after how that <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> after how that last one ended. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, it, the, the Mavs are in a great spot right now. Yeah. Uh, Rick Carlisle, I mean, he's – you can tell he's kind of let go a little bit this year and let Luca do whatever he wants to do. Uh, he's not, you know, calling as many plays as he as he was last year. He's just letting it flow. And that's, that's when this offense is at its best. Uh, I've said it in the past. I've written about it. I've, I've even – I've mentioned it in a couple of previous pods. But this team reminds me of that – pre-Rondo team that had uh, Jameer Nelson and Chandler Parsons, Tyson Chandler, 
Uh, it, it reminds me of that team. They were also one of the best offenses in the league. But the difference, I think, is, you know, this team has a lot more defensive potential than that team did because across the board, they're longer. They've got, you know, better athletes than that team did. So. I mean, if you think about it, it, the way Dorian is playing and DeLon Wright is playing, when you have those guys on the court, they're going to bring the defense all the time. And if they're making threes, if they're driving and scoring layups, getting AM ones. That's just a bonus. It's just a bonus. <laughs> it really is. And then if you have Luka and KP out there, I mean, what are teams going to do? I mean, they can get in the pick and roll, kick it out, and anyone can make a play on this team. And I think in the long run, that's going to be huge because defenders are going to have to respect Luka. They're going to send two or three guys. Adam, they're going to yeah. have to, or they're else gonna, he's going to score. They're going to start defending Luka the way the Mavs defended Harden tonight. The you know, Which pre- I thought was great. Yeah, I mean, that that was a great strategy. They they sent at least two people at Harden the majority of the night, forced him to pass it out. They forced the rest of the Rockets team to try to beat them. And, I mean, that strategy worked out great because, as it turns out, the Rockets' supporting cast just isn't as good as the Mavs. We knew that going in, and they pretty much, you know, I mean, Prove that. they they weren't doing that when we when that lead got drawn into five points, right? And they started doing that, and <laughs> look what happened. Harden had to kick it out, and even if he had to kick it out to Westbrook, I mean, it's still a better option than letting Harden just shoot all over you. Yeah, because I mean, earlier in the game, they started out doing that, and they got off to a fast start, and they had a lead of up to twenty points at one point in that first half, and then, like you said, there was a little. There was a little time lapse in there where they, they started letting Harden get past them and driving into the lane and, you know, kind of doing what he's used to doing. And that's when it started to get close. So it was good to see them go back to that strategy they, they started the game with, and it worked out great. And, you know, we we're talking about Porzingis. You know, he he's had a couple of bad games to start this year. He's still not anywhere, you know, close to where he could be. But tonight he had a really, really good game. He scored 23 points. He had 13 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block in 34 minutes. And, and some of those points came in very timely moments. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, it expanded the lead to double digits, and it, it, it gave that separation we needed to finish off this game. Yeah, like one, one of his buckets late uh, – it was a critical moment in the game. It, the 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 score was within single digits, and it almost looked like the ball deflected off of Maxie's hand. I don't know if he meant to tap it over to him or if it deflected, but KP kept it from going out of bounds and just went in for the dunk. And that it's <laughs> that, nice to see. <laughs> that was that was a great great moment for him. And uh, you know he was a team high plus thirty two. That was great to see because there's been a lot of games this year where he was. You know, he had a negative plus-minus in the box score, and um, that's what he said lately. You know, he, he said he's been focusing on doing the little things. He's been focusing more on the defensive end and uh, getting the rebounds, and he's just letting the offense come to him. And, I mean, I he's just scratching the surface <laughs> of what he could be. So they're building team chemistry right now. Uh, that's, that's kind of like a blessing in disguise because, you know, while he's been struggling, Luca he's just, you know, he's been doing his thing. The rest of the team has been gaining confidence and they've been contributing in a big way. So 
I think once we get, you know, towards the end of this season, this is going to be a really, really well-oiled machine. And I'm really excited because it looks like we're heading to the playoffs. And once you get in and you have Luka Doncic on your team with a resurgent Kristaps Porzingis, I mean, anything can happen. I would like to get your opinion. With this team, I think we can make a good playoff push. I'm wondering if you think there's one guy we can get in, in a trade probably that could push us to final status right now. Who would that be? And who would we get for him? Well, I'd, I'd have to – I mean, I'd, I don't want to be repetitive here, but I, I wrote a piece here recently on MavsSI.com about how trading for a guy like Blake Griffin would be – you know, huge for this team. And I, I really believe that because basically it's like tonight. You know, they started Dwight Powell. The The starters were Luka, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, and Porzingis. And, you know, Powell, he played 26 minutes. Uh, he was – he scored two points, had five rebounds. Uh, he was a negative 15 uh, in the – box score plus minus which was by far the worst of anybody else on the team and he's just struggled more this season than what I thought he would and before the season we were talking about how he might be a good fit with Porzingis in the front court and for whatever reasons whether it's that hamstring injury he had in the preseason or maybe he's just simply regressed a little bit it just hasn't worked out so I mean if you can imagine plugging in a guy like Blake Griffin <laughs> into what we hoped Powell would be with Porzingis. I mean, that alone, you know, pushes you to title contention. And, I mean, the way the Mavs are playing right now, you know, if they come out Tuesday and they waylay the Clippers the way they've been doing the rest of these teams, I mean, <laughs> we're going to be talking about them being in title contention as is. I know that's that's the good part about it. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I, it might be a little early to be talking about a big trade like that, but I mean, I could see something like that happening, and it's not like it's going to affect. You know, it's it's not going to like hurt Luca's numbers or him. You know, having the ball in his hands because Blake Griffin's a power forward, and you can play KP at the five. He's good enough defensively. You can do that. Uh, so I think, you know, having Blake Griffin and KP as your front court, uh, you, you, you would achieve maximum offensive flexibility there. And I really, I mean, I really don't know. In that piece, the trade I proposed was Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, the 2025 first-round pick, top five protected, and the Warriors' second-round pick this year, which figures to be <laughs> pick number 31 or 32 because they've just been awful. Uh, I don't know if that'd be enough to get it done. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been playing so well. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> they may want to think about pulling the trigger on something like that now if they're thinking about it because he's playing so good. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. We've seen crazier things happen. You know, we we didn't think the Knicks would take the package that they did for Kristaps Porzingis, and you know that went down. So never doubt Donnie Nelson, but 
I don't know. That's what I think. I mean, who, are you kind of on the on the Blake Griffin train? Well, or? I would definitely <coughs> be on the Blake Griffin train, no doubt about that. I would, I would love to get him. And the Pistons are sitting at five and eleven right now, and yeah, they've so, been disappointing. So are the Cavaliers. And what do you think about Kevin Love? Because the Cavaliers are in a rebuilding mode right now, and Kevin Love's getting a little old. He might not fit that. I like Kevin Love, and I like the idea, you know, of him how he would play alongside KP. But the only thing, the only thing that has me wanting Griffin over Love, there's two things actually. One is the length of contract because Kevin Love just signed a five-year extension and he's not getting any younger, and that is a lot of money he's making for for five years. Blake Griffin, he's on contract for two more years after this season. And then the second thing is even though, you know, Griffin, he's not as athletic as he used to be because of some of the injuries he's had, he's still athletic enough that he can – you can play him – the same way they want to play Dwight Powell. He's a vertical threat. He's a lob threat. Uh, But unlike Powell, he's also a threat to shoot threes. (laughs) So uh, to me, that's just – it would just be a perfect fit. And I know some people don't think that. I've I've seen some people, you know, react to that piece I wrote, and they they just – they think we should go after Andre Drummond instead of Blake Griffin. But – I'm just thinking of offensive flexibility, and I don't see how anybody the, – the way the Mavs are playing now without him, if they plug Blake Griffin into Dwight Powell's spot, then I just don't see how anybody could stop us. <laughs> see, I wouldn't really want Andre Drummond. I feel like that would disturb what we're doing right now. It would be like us having DeAndre Jordan again. He's very similar to to DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I, agree I mean, with that. He, he wouldn't be able to spread the floor like we are right now. I feel like that would crowd Luca, taking those drives that he's getting on a consistent basis, and doing so so efficiently. Because you would have Andre Drummond in there, and he's not going to go to the three point line. Yeah, and I mean the the whole Blake Griffin thing too. That's that's what we call a pipe dream. I mean, it's it's one of the bigger trades, but. I mean, I could see even even some smaller trades, um, like my co-host Matt Gallatson, who's usually on here with me every week. He wrote a piece too, and he had a, a couple of nice names in there. And you know, one of those names was uh, Bogdanovich from Sacramento. I would like him. And <laughs> as well as he's been playing, I mean, you you would think that Sacramento wouldn't trade him, but they've already paid Harrison Barnes. They've already paid Buddy Heald. Uh, and then Bogdanovich turned down their contract offer to him, and he still hasn't signed an extension. So uh, it'll be int- and he'll be a restricted free agent this next summer. So it'll it'll be interesting to see you know what happens with him around the uh, the trade deadline. But that's a piece that that that's a guy that I could see the Mavs getting, and it not being you know. As, as much of a pipe dream as what Blake Griffin is. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that he's good friends with Luka, Bogdanovich, that is. So, that you know, you'd have instant chemistry there. <clears throat> but uh, you got anything else you want to say or are we going to wrap this thing up? <laughs> Gordon Dragic. <laughs> I still want him. Man, uh, Matt, if, Matt, if you're listening to this, you're going to love my brother now because he is on the Goran Dragic cha- train. 
I would still like to have him. I wish we would have got that trade going. That was one of the more – Matt was devastated when, you know, he uh, Goran was going to be a, a maverick, and he was for about 15 seconds until it got corrected on Twitter. <laughs> he was very devastated. But, yeah, I agree. You know, that would be that would be a big add if they could somehow make it work uh, before the trade deadline. But we'll see. And, I mean, like I said, the way the Mavs are playing right now, they may end up being content with this current roster and, you know, end up being title contenders just and as they are. And that would be amazing. <laughs> I think right now they can definitely make it to the second or third round of the playoffs. And I mean, that's not a far stretch because what if they keep up the same pace they're going at right now, they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to be good. Luka is a top three to five player in the league right now. You know, right now he's playing as the best player in the league. But he's that good. And once you get in the playoffs and you have that guy on your team and some of the people they have around him, I'm not going to bet money against him. So it's going to be a good rest of the season. Uh, looking like we're finally going to get back to the playoffs after a three-year drought. And, I mean, it was it was just great, great to see them blow out the Rockets at their place on a Sunday afternoon game. So, uh, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Appreciate, appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us every single week. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Go to our YouTube page and subscribe on there. Uh, when we get to 1,000 subs on YouTube, uh, one lucky winner will win two tickets to the Mavs game of their choice. That's any Mavs game, home or away. You'll win two tickets to if you go subscribe on YouTube. You'll have a chance. So only only the first thousand people will be entered into that. So be sure to do that. Anything else, Colton? Go Mavericks. <laughs> go Mavericks. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Y'all have a good one. Uh, a lot of times feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people love in my face, acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like Mass 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hating comments, man, it got I'm in motion. I had to whip up the potion, I ain't need with the boasting. I was just broken, way down to my lowest. Getting swallowed by them locusts, letting God do the culture. I had to go through a lot, just to realize that I'm chosen. Care away, felt like boulders, all of those slams shut. Had to bulldoze them, name a rapper dude who can see me over wax. I'm just trying to spit the facts, where I spit my flow, people telling me relax. I just get it double back, I just get it double back. They still asking for more and I gave them my last. Can't never seen to let go of the past and that's sad uh i just sit back and reflect oh my god they really feeling the kid family calling on the phone almost a star june look what you did about to put silk right back on the grid go kill a beat then go listen to trick turn on my phone and i listen to matt headphones in sit back with a grin making up a profit i don't care about the profit i'm just teaching like a profit i'm just preaching like a profit staying tall like i'm dodging sleeping on me like pajamas sugar ray leonard Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.